Welcome to the Progressatorium, conversations about innovation in higher music education. I'm your host, Susan Eldridge. In this episode, Mark Rabideau tells us about the 21st Century Musician Initiative at DePaul University and their commitment to connecting their student musicians to musical innovators such as Yo-Yo Ma and Dakota. He tells us the ways in which 21CM really meaningfully connects their students to their community, including the long-standing partnership with the Putnam Bill Correctional Facility and how these community programs are building a culture of service through music within their students. Mark and the DePore team have built a program and culture that supports their musicians to build a creative life of means and meaning. Enjoy this conversation with Mark Rabideau. Welcome to the Progressatorium. I'm your host, Susan Eldridge, and this morning I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Rabideau. Mark's the president-elect of the College Music Society. He's also the director of the 21st Century Musician Initiative at DePaul University, where he oversees their Centre for Creativity. And he's the author of an incredible book called Creating the Revolutionary Artist, Entrepreneurship for the 21st Century Musician. Mark, good morning. Good morning. Nice to see you. Lovely to see you too. It's the end of May. Can you give us a snapshot of what's going on uh, in DePaul right now? Yes. Yeah, that's a good question. Open. Um, DePaul, I think, made some very wise and well-conceived swift decisions uh, about evacuating campus one week prior to their spring break and made a very early decision not to resume uh, embodied teaching, but rather to move remotely um, uh, immediately. And so it did give students and faculty and staff two full weeks to make the adjustments that they needed to do within the time frame and with the expertise that they had on hand uh, to complete the spring semester remotely. I think broadly that was pretty successful. Um, the truth is that DePauw has no online classes, no remote instruction as part of his regular offering. And so I think uh, it's probably very uneven um, education that we delivered in the second half of the spring semester, but not out of lack of effort or uh, innovation. I think it's really a lot of lack of expertise in that way. And I think that it um, has probably profoundly changed the way that I think our administration and our faculty um, may go forward embracing some kind of either hybrid or, or um, leveraging the digital space in some way uh, for, for teaching moving mm. forward in a, what will soon be a hybrid world. Mm. Is that the plan for recommencement uh, in the new school year, that there'll be a hybrid delivery model? It's a great question. Um, it's, it, I, I think I'm impressed with the pause plan. It's really driven by an interim vice president for academic affairs. He wouldn't take credit for it, I'm sure, but he's built a really very collaborative approach to this. And yes, there are plans to think of it as, uh, think of it very differently. Um, I mean, I, th I think if I have something to offer the conversation, I would suggest that those folks that are trying to um, navigate this moment, but other moments of complexity and uncertainty is, is that the temptation to try to find ways to recreate mm. that which you feel you've lost or that you prize love is is dangerous. I think it is a time to be creative, mm. and uh, DePaul's shown that. I think by um, 
by rejiggering the calendar a little bit. I think a lot of folks are thinking about this. If students traveling home and coming back to campus is dangerous, if faculty and staff leaving their campus and coming back is dangerous, um, what we'll do is we'll start school a little bit early. We'll have a week of online instruction only. Uh, much of that I think we'll be getting everybody onboarded into what that digital space will serve uh, for the semester's teaching. And then when everyone goes home for Thanksgiving break, they will not return to campus, but rather remain home until the winter term, to pause a winter term, a J term, January term, um, and wrap up um, after Thanksgiving online as well. But the, I think the most impressive innovation I've seen at the pod, I'm, I'm not certain I've seen anybody, I, I, I'm impressed with it in this way, is it does exactly that. It reimagines what's the best of what's possible mm -hmm. in the digital space and makes an opportunity come about that could not happen in the embodied moment. So people are worried and bemoaning the loss of being close to their students. And I, I can relate to that. I, I too was abruptly, you know, raced away from campus and, and miss my students dearly. But, but uh, DePaul will be offering an online only class on leadership uh, in moments of crises. The weekly guest roster is just stunning. Uh, Condoleezza Rice will be speaking. The, oh. the CEO and president of General Mills, who's a DePaul alum, will be uh, speaking. The head basketball coach for the Boston Celtics will be lecturing in this course. And so this class, um, you know, it'd be very difficult to get the head coach of the Boston Celtics at any other moment uh, to give a single lecture, never mind, you know, but to, to, to come in and, and to interact with so many students, but it's possible because of this moment. Um, and DePauw uh, was hoping to get 100 kids to sign up for this, which will do two things, give them this remarkable access to some brilliant thinkers, um, but it'll also thin out some of their embodied classes, which is one of the strategies that we need to follow, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, well, anyway, before anybody could shut the valve off, there were about 400 kids that signed up. Um, and then they realized, actually, we have a capacity for even more, mm -hmm. and they've, they've reopened it. And they're incentivizing kids who complete the course uh, successfully beyond getting the grade that they receive. They'll receive a $1,000 leadership award to go towards some other experience, studying abroad, conducting an internship. So the kids will um, lower the number of people who will be in uh, classroom spaces at a time which is required at this moment. They'll gain this incredible access to a superstar roster of people who understand how to lead during difficult moments across many different spheres and disciplines. Um, the kids will be rewarded um, both educationally and financially in this case uh, to help them create another opportunity, study abroad. And um, yeah, I just think it's an absolutely brilliant win-win-win. It's, it's a fantastic learning design because also if you're if you're embedding within that that the that the financial support comes, uh, you know, what is the case? What is the case for support you're presenting to use this money? How are you going to action what you've learned from our guest speakers? Um, you, you're getting them a long way down that ideation path, so we're not you're not necessarily asking them to come up with some of these new ideas, but take what you've learned. How are you going to apply that in a real scenario? It's just oh. I can't imagine what's yeah. going to come on the other side of that from those young leaders. Amazing. Yeah, that, that's exactly. I mean, of course, it's always about the, the educational out, outcomes and what's going to happen with, with uh, that group of kids. But, but I think it's also a great model um, yes. for all of us to think about 
there are things that we can do that we could not do in another moment or might not be pushed to, to imagine. And this is a time to be imaginative. I think so. And the, oh, you were talking before about the bemoaning what we don't have uh, and, and then turning that conversation around and saying, well, 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 actually, what is, you know, for example, well, what is the orchestra for within the School of Music? Like, what are the learning objectives out of this? Um, well, how are we creative in the way that we're going to reimagine how to deliver those and, and do that in a way that's, that's hopefully at, at a level playing field for whatever um, technology our students have? Um, but, yeah, what is it for in the first place? And, and, yeah. and, and not only, not only and to also be able to say to our students and our faculty, well, it's not only us asking what, what is the orchestra for, the professional orchestras are also asking themselves that question. So we can ensure that our training model, if that is indeed designed to support them to work professionally in an orchestra, is in alignment with what the orchestra's best practices are going through this transformation themselves. So actually we're just, we're, we're, we're going to best equip them for what they're going to do, not what the model will look like. Uh, you know, five or 10 years ago. Yeah, you're, you're um, exactly, I mean, no one would wish this moment, but, but the truth is there's a lot to learn in this space. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think staying flexible, agile, listening, being responsive, being willing to let go just for a moment mm -hmm. um, of some of the things that you clung to for a long period of time. You know, 21CM, the program that I've had the privilege of, of being involved with for the past five years, is really about caring for the traditions that we love most, but making them relevant to the moment. Mm. Uh, this, this will put some of that to the test. Can you tell us about that program, Mark? Yeah, uh, I think the simplest way to think of, of 21CM is, is a, a paradox. Um, music is embraced throughout every culture without boundaries. An increasingly connected world offers influence and inspiration for opening our imaginations as technology provides unprecedented access to global audiences. We know that communities gather around music to mourn the collective hardships and celebrate shared moments. And every parent understands that music enhances their child's chance to succeed in life, yet it has never been more of a struggle for musicians to make a living at their art, at least when following traditional paths. 21CM aims to unravel that paradox. I just want to uh, let people absorb all of that. <laughs> Is there no better manifest for where we should be going as educators of music leaders? Than it's just phenomenal. And if anyone listening hasn't isn't isn't aware of Twenty One CM, um, I'll put the links in the show notes. But I can't recommend more highly that you go and look. Even just spend just sit and look at the front page of the initiative on the website. It looks like nothing else. It's so distinctive, and it looks like the world that we live in. Hmm. So many schools of music look like, don't look like the world we live in. It looks like the world we live in. And it's just, it's, yeah. Uh, so can you tell us a bit more about where the change from perhaps the, the model that DePaul had that was uh, a little bit more traditional through yeah. to where you are now? Um, yeah, so the, the what of it all is, you know, I mean, I, I think actually um, so many ways following the kind of thinking you were suggesting just a moment ago is, 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 is having a conversation that says, if a university's promise is to, um, or our charge is to equip the next, next generation to make the world a better place, then what students should expect on the other end of that is a life of means, the ability to care for themselves and those that they love most, a life of meaning, the chance to do good and important work. And, and I would argue the chance to give back. 
And so we looked at some of these <clears throat> values and created some principles of, of what that, how we might operationalize that. And then um, I think what was a real breakthrough for DuPont, I'm, I'm talk, happy to talk about the how it's all unfolded. It's, it's not all seamless and, you know, it's, it's, it's as messy as, as you want it to be. Um, but, but, but what ended up happening on the opposite side is we wrote a set of five learning goals that I think are really powerful. I'll share them with you in a little bit. Um, but those learning goals drive our curriculum and they drive our co-curriculum, which in many ways at DePauw and the School of Music anyway, I think we, we really try to hold up as, uh, I don't know if I'd say equal experiences as much mm. as both profoundly important experiences. And it's a greater emphasis on creativity. It's a greater emphasis on finding a one-of-a-kind voice. It's a greater emphasis on music outside of the Western canon um, without abandoning the music of the canon. Um, it's a greater emphasis on um, uh, entrepreneurial mindsets and skill sets. Um, so I think we're, you know, in the United States, there are almost 2,000 schools of music. Fewer than 100 of them have a class that's called music entrepreneurship or something like that. Um, uh, at Tapa, our students take minimum four classes in entrepreneurial uh, thinking and action. And depending on how you think of some of the other courses, um, you know, they, they may take, you know, as many as seven or eight. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fairly significant paradigm shift in thinking about how will we prepare students to leverage their art to make the world a better place, to become a centerpiece within the community in which they live, and to empower them to be creative, not simply recreative. Mm. And I think what's also so powerful in the model is you talked about how it's been fertile and messy at times. Uh, mm. That's 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 the art of entrepreneurship. Is well, how are we going to get how are we going to get on the other side of this uh, challenge that's come in front of us? And as as the learning designers and the leaders of this program, you're modeling that in action to the students in saying, well, this is what we intended to do with the program and it isn't possible, or mm. we've come upon an opportunity that, that was unexpected. Um, so how do we enact this thinking of action-based service through music in the way that we design the program that you're going to experience um, and the curriculum? So. You, you're not saying it, it's it's what I love about it is you're not saying oh you need to be entrepreneurial to your students but not actually doing that yourselves. Oh that's, yeah, I see that that's, there's a lot of that going on and the stu they, they, yeah students mm -hmm. will will pick up on that disconnect between what you're saying and what you're doing. Oh oh for, but and and really uh, I mean people think of uh, you know define entrepreneurship in so many different ways and um, but if it is about identifying needs gaps and opportunities and creating some kind of innovative solution. Um, and, and then how you finish that sentence matters, right? You know, for financial gain, that's kind mm -hmm. of straight entrepreneurship, uh, for, um, social leveraging good. yeah, social good. Mm. I mean, at DePaul, we have a fairly, uh, you know, if, if we're most accurately kind of labeling everything, it's, it's, there's some straight entrepreneurship. There's a lot of social and cultural and arts entrepreneurship, um, uh, bent in our curriculum, but but they, they see it not not just in their courses and in the ways in which we have our we have what we call our evergreen classes that that really um, are evolving and being reinvented all the time. Um, but the partnerships that we have in our community, um, we have a really thriving prison project that's been going on for more than four years now. Weekly instruction 
with a gentleman over at Putnamville Correctional Facilities. It's always my, um, you know, one of my favorite things that happens year after year after year. As a matter of fact, just a couple uh, months ago, I had a chance finally to have dinner with one of our graduates who is no longer at Putnamville, but out in the world. Um, and to hear him speak about that experience. Here's somebody who had been incarcerated for over 20 years. And after our first visit, and he was a regular member of our songwriting group, our choir, and some other things too. Um, he said, after our first visit, he said, these past two days have been the best two days in the last two decades of my life. But the, the truth is when you bring something as beautiful as sharing an artistic moment into a space that otherwise is isolated from beauty, it, it not only changes um, somebody there, it, it changes um, you know, those of us who, who walked in there thinking this was um, maybe less than a two-way street, but we quick, quickly realized that this is a, a, a genuine collaboration. And Absolutely. And that, uh, what a gift for the students to um, experience mm -hmm. transforming others and themselves through the process. Mm -hmm. And I think like, it's just what I love about that kind of program and is that um, in, the, in this post, in the back half of 2020 and his life is going to look different, uh, um, as creative as artists and creative people, what we need to be understanding is how to um, create create value, um, create um, enhance the opportunities for scarcity and, and human connection, and those things were not being delivered by the traditional performing arts. Uh, organization model necessarily in a meaningful way and certainly not in a way that individual artists could harness for to create a life of means and meanings for the means and meaning for themselves and now help you helping them understand how to think this way of how am I serving others um, in, in a way that's that where there isn't artistic uh, opportunity it, it's just it's 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 just ticking every box it's ticking every box for them to be of service through their art to make a life to transform it's just it's so it's such a powerful model for where our schools of music could be going for the model that's going to get us to 50 years from now or 100 years from now because it's flexible in it, it's just, yeah i'm just i love it <laughs> every bit of it um one of the things you talked about, the, the partnerships, Mark, and the, with Putnam is one of them that you have. But one of the things that's really um, distinctive about 21CM is the connection you have with um, industry or with the profession, with professional artists and people um, uh, right across the states and right across the globe. Can you tell us about how, how, that, how those partnerships are facilitated and how um, they're presented in a way for the students to, to learn and grow? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, DePaul is very lucky <clears throat> to have, um, uh, you know, have uh, moved um, one of our very successful, prestigious alums. Judson Green was a, an undergraduate student at DePaul University. <clears throat> He's actually studying accountancy and, and the economics uh, department, not music. But, but he attributed all of his vast success to his time making music while he was at DePaul. And, he, and he'll specifically cite, and Judson's such a brilliant, brilliant uh, thinker, and, and, and you see that in action through his words. And it's really about um, a commitment to excellence and a commitment to creativity. And so Judson graduated, <clears throat> landed an entry-level position with the Disney Corporation as an accountant. And six years later, he's the chief operating officer of Disney Resorts Worldwide. Uh, in charge of Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Euro. He built Disney Hong Kong. I mean, really just a spectacular thinker. And, 
And uh, he's a, you know, he, he loves the paw, he loves the arts, and he's a benefactor of many, many uh, national organizations. But what he's poured into the paw beyond the $30 million that he gave the 21CM program is an enormous amount of creativity on his own and intellectual capacity to help us think about what 21CM could mean in the lives of our students, within the lives of those within our community, within the lives of all of DePauw students, and within the life of the profession itself. And among um, the, uh, the many gifts he's given us is a lot of vision about how we could bring um, a 21CM artist profoundly, uh, you know, artistic and, and excellence above reproach, but creative and engaging and reimagining relationships with audiences and social minded entrepreneurial artists who are breaking down all kinds of barriers and reinventing the profession as they go and, and a huge commitment to diversity and inclusivity. And, um, and more and more, particularly today, um, finding ways to leverage technology in the creation and dissemination of music. And so, so DePaul brings major artists to its campus really virtually every month and many times much, much more than every month. People who are emulating these kinds of um, values. And so, um, and, and so some of them are on campus visits. Some of those are concerts. Some of those are residencies. Um, some of those are the connections we have through our 21CM advisory board, who uh, on it serves uh, the great Caroline Shaw, youngest Pulitzer Prize winning composer, uh, somebody who studied violin at a very, very high level, ended up winning a Grammy or two uh, as a vocalist, and, and then the Pulitzer as a composer. Uh, Gabriela Lina Frank, the beautiful, beautiful composer and person, human. Uh, David Harrington, founder and violinist for more than 40 years with the Kronos Quartet. You know, I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. And I, I should mention our 21CM advisory chair, who is very, very active, um, both in terms of his time on campus, but also in his um, creative thinking, uh, uh, the cellist, Yo-Yo Ma. So those kinds of connections, um, to have students around these kinds of folks, whether they're ensembles like Roomful of Teeth, The Far Cry, Ethel, uh, Dakota, um, on our campus on a regular basis. We just had ICE on our campus. We just conducted a very successful 100% uh, live streaming uh, residency with Third Coast Percussion, um, uh, honoring all of our contracts, even post-pandemic. Um, mm. uh, you know, our students begin to see these people as often these people are just, you know, a little beyond their own schooling, right? They're not, you know, old timers like myself, but rather they're people, the civic orchestra, we have a very rich and engaged uh, relationship with the civic orchestra in Chicago, having them on our campus, doing projects with them. A lot of those kids are just a little bit older than my kids, um, students. And so, for them to see people who are making a difference, inventing a new way of engaging audiences, being part of communities, finding um, less concerning ourselves with genre and rather more concerning ourselves with finding a one-of-a-kind voice. For our students to see this on a regular basis, it becomes a habit of mind. And that's, that's vastly because of Judson's remarkable vision as well as his support. Well, it, and it's also about the clarity of the values and it's the clarity of what what 21CM stands for and and those artists are probably 
the, you know, we, like you said, there's about a hundred schools of music out of the 2000 schools that have a, have an entrepreneurship program is that they're the ones who may or may not have been through those programs, but what they see is, Oh, if I'd had that program, how valuable would that to be now? And I want to be able to give back to those schools that I see are taking steps forward um, to better prepare their students. So it's also about, uh, they see the need that because because they've had to live that and they've had to figure out financial modeling for themselves because they didn't have a class on financial literacy or economics of arts organizations so it's their lived experience helping them really connect into the work that you're doing and wanting to support that and and it, i'm always impressed when not only they're living that but but they're also able to come in and share that yeah. lived experience with us since we, we had the israeli chamber project i mean just spectacular beautiful uh, a collective of, of artists, um, uh, both from the United States as well as from Israel, um, uh, come to campus and Asaf Weissman, who I'm just a giant fan of um, artistically, but also just intellectually, uh, and Katie Zeiger were, were both on our campus speaking to my music entrepreneurship class and talking about 10 years of reinvention as a chamber ensemble and making it work through all of these changing moments. And to really speak to um, not just what, what they, they've learned over time and what they didn't learn in school, but what students have an opportunity to do with that knowledge today. And it's amazing. But you, you mentioned something that is important is it does take a moment for, for an institution, for a faculty, and for students to begin to embrace these kinds of thinking. But the 21CM curriculum is not that old and we could talk about the birth of that and we could talk about you know the thousands depending on how much time we have we could talk about all the mistakes i made which is just, you know, <laughs> love to do a, a sixth episode together just for me um we'll do a netflix you know, we'll do a netflix series Mark. yeah we'll do one of kind of like broad thinking and then five episodes of disasters <laughs> along the way Crap. um but uh so we last year for the first time surveyed our just graduating um, uh, school of Music students and ask them a host of questions about their experience at the park, but vastly focusing on 21 CM. In nine, uh, 2019, when we asked them this question, um, you know, using a, a Likert scale of strongly agree, agree, uncertain, disagree, strongly disagree, indicate the extent to which you agree that the following courses challenge you to think in creative ways about music's role in communities. In 2019, for music entrepreneurship, now again, I, I use this as an example because it's one many people can write. If I talked about state of the art, and I'm happy to talk about our data um, from, from that course, um, it's less familiar perhaps to listeners, but just you know, straight up music entrepreneurship. And, and I teach this course, so this is both incriminating, but, but maybe also encouraging too. In 2019, you know, music entrepreneurship with a heavy social entrepreneurial bent, right? With a, a big giant student invented community engagement project, right? 50% of the semesters spent on inventing the future they want to live in now. Um, so a course to help you think about creative ways music's role in our community. In 2019, 9%, actually closer to 8% of people said they strongly agree that it helped them think about creative ways. And 25% said they agreed. So that's around 35 or less percent said it was positive in any way. Vastly, they said, I don't know, or I disagree with you. One year later, 90% of the kids said they agree or strongly agree. 60% saying they strongly agree. 
That is not that I taught better, because I'm the only one that happens to teach that class, taught so much better a year later. This is a course I've been teaching for nearly 20 years. Um, and have some familiarity with the um, textbook that we use. Um, <laughs> but um, but, uh, but it, what it really was, was a culture of change within our building where students started seeing something unfamiliar as something that could be empowering mm -hmm. rather than simply something confusing, right? And then we asked them a course that, same question that said, um, to comment on courses that drew upon relevant issues. You among everybody who's, who just, you know, comes back in so many interesting ways and says, are we being relevant? Um, in 2019, 0% of the kids said they strongly agree with that. 36% said they agree. The rest tanked it, right? So are they drawing upon relevant issues? Now, by the way, the textbook did not change between these surveys. The four semesters that you could possibly imagine during this, the course was taught each semester, always using the same textbook, always the same faculty member, without a whole lot of change. Um, in 2020, it went from 0% strongly, strongly agree to 78% said they strongly agree. And another 12%, bringing us to over 90%, that say they agree. With, with, with no one saying they disagree, just some people uncertain. And so it takes a minute to to prepare a culture that can embrace something that doesn't look like mm. what they're expecting to see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but the truth is you got to stick with it. And I think also that's, it's really interesting because I know you teach Mark a lot about design thinking is, is what is the, what is the environmental design that can shepherd this change in thinking? So if we're going to, if we're going to start to transition, if our school of music is going to start to transition away from uh, the traditional model to something that's more forward focused, well, maybe we could spend two years doing a print campaign around the kind of models of artists that we want to encourage our students to be and just be having those all over the elevators in the buildings. Uh, maybe we spend two years, we've got to work really hard on our pre-college, on our intake, on our prospective students in helping them understand uh, that this is where we're going and this is, the, this is the journey that they're going to be experiencing and the kind of conversations that they're going to be having um, to, to see if we can, this, this um, culture change management and how, yeah, how we can uh, not just land it on them, but, but, but build the bridge to that by thinking about all of the things that they are observing and seeing and absorbing when they're actually in the physical environment of the building or maybe, maybe now in, in this digital space. Okay, what does the website look like? Mm -hmm. Whose picture are we showing? What are the stories we're telling about them and ensuring that that is, that is positioned to the future that we're wanting to get them to? So there's always so yeah. much to learn there. I and mean, you mentioned yeah. 21cm.org. Um, you know, I said that 21CM is, it was built on a set of values. Um, I, I decided, um, prompted by a, by a colleague in a very lovely way, said, why, would, why not, um, what might happen if you were to get an external auditor to give you a, some kind of evaluation on 21CM.org and let, you, let them tell you what they see and what they don't see. Mm -hmm. And so I shared our, our five learning goals with that external evaluator, one of which is champion diversity of all kinds and work ceaselessly to, ever, to creating ever-increasing inclusive environments. I got that mostly right. And, um, and uh, the truth is that the external auditor came back and said, well, listen, compared to classical music, you're doing pretty well, you know. 
that's not much of a compliment. We, mm. we understand that, right? It's, you, know, it's, you know, if you look at the major orchestras in the United States, you know, and you look at the top 100 pe works performed, yep. how many are by female composers yep. of color? Yep. We know yep. the answer to it, right? Um, so we were doing a whole lot better than a bunch of people who don't do well at all. Um, but there was a lot of room for improvement and it led to some remarkable um, insights. It led to a lot of remarkable partnerships. Uh, we invited Afa Dworkin from um, mm -hmm. uh, Sphinx Organization uh, to come join our board. And Afa is a tour de force and somebody who is just, I mean, as, as big a thinker. Oh, man. I mean, I just mentioned I was around Yo-Yo Ma's, these conversations, Judson Green, Mark McCoy. I mean, these are big thinkers. And then you get Afa in the room and, you know, everybody just needs to just, you know, allow her a little bit of space so she can share the biggest of visions. And you could start seeing the many, many ways in which we can do better. But you're right, it's inviting the right people into the space, the digital space, the conversational space, and to help them unveil for you that which we don't see ourselves. And I, I think you were talking um, initially about how Judson is, um, Judson's an accountancy major, uh, but music was uh, like the thread that kept him going through his his um, time at Tapor. Like I'm wondering for, for schools of music that are thinking about, well, you know, um, how we, we, we'd like to change and how we're going to find the financial capacity to make that happen in a post-pandemic environment. Well, what do you know about your champions who are not music graduates? Who are the ones who might have done world choir for four years of their dentistry degree for whom that was the most satisfying experience they had on campus. So how we're tracking, we're not just, how we're tracking all of the, um, uh, of the students who are coming through our courses and mm -hmm. looking at our champions who are beyond playing a cello on a stage, um, but the ones who might be hidden and using, like you talked about, uh, it's, it's way beyond the dollars. It's, it's, it's about the vision and the commitment that he brings. And so, you know, that, I think that's a really untapped resource that um, our development teams could be looking at is who, who has been through our room, who might be a champion of where we're going to go. Give us a hand. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I always have a, a little bit of a, a, a complicated time talking about specific areas of, of you know, nurturing funding sources. Um, to, to me, it's always comes down to the same thing is, uh, is there substance in your thinking and in your actions? And how do you tell that story? You know, I think the simplest ways for young listeners to think about it is it's not, you know, some folks get a little cynical. It's who you know that will help you through this profession uh, or any profession. I, I, I completely disagree mm, with mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm, yep. um, maybe the self-proclaimed optimist would say that it's what you know. There's no question. You need to know stuff. You need to know a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, you know, your, artist, your, your artistry has to above, be above reproach. Um, your commitment to real causes, to being human-centered has to be intact. But it's who knows what you know that gets you somewhere. Um, and you need to be able to ready to tell that story in a profound, profound way. Mm. And to, to have a, a real understanding of, of your brand. What do you distinctly offer the profession? 21CM is not going to be for everyone. Mark Rabbit is certainly not going to be for everyone. Um, but but I, I know who I am. I, I like helping artists make a difference in the world. And I like helping people who want to make a difference in the world become more creative. Mm. And, you know, once you know who you are and what your value set is, it's, then it's important to have great examples of that and to try to 
um, tell that story in interesting and profound ways. Mm. And I think also, Mark, the, the, that clarity around what we do, who we do it for and what we serve to achieve, it, it, it allows this conversation. It's like, come here, we're for you or you're for us or we're going to be great together or mm -hmm. this isn't for you, but maybe look, here's some other places that are what you're looking for or maybe, maybe what you've identified in looking at us is we're not for you and it's helped you realise that you don't actually know what you want yet but you know what you don't want. And this kind of model is not for you. And that's okay. It's helping you to define as a young artist, um, what is the kind of artist that you want to be and where is the right place to be shepherded along that journey in the four years of your undergraduate degree. So it's, it's this, you know, um, the, the we're for each other or we're not uh, conversation, yeah. you know? Yeah. I could, I, I could not agree more, but I, I think knowing who you are and being able to tell that story in a profound and powerful way, and uh, this is a great opportunity at this moment to do that. You know, you could do it in words, you could speak, you can use still or moving pictures. And there's so many tools and devices to tell a powerful story. 21cm.org is one of those tools that we use, but, but I, 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 a good story is, you know, close to my heart. Mm. Yeah, and, beyond, and it's about the change. You know, the, the story, it, it's about the change through the art, not just about the art. And about mm -hmm. the people, because that's, I think, as a profession, we've been lacking people. We've really, we've been very focused on the music uh, and, yeah. and, and missing all the great stories of the transformation of the artists or who, who they are and how they, bring this, how they yeah. bring this art into the world. For me, what I want for my students is a lifetime of artistic moments mm. and to prepare them for that and, and prepare them to create that. And, and to me, an artistic moment is... Um, the inseparable relationship between the art, the artist, and the audience. And when you mm -hmm. think of that triangular relationship as, as the artistic transformation that we hope to, to bring into the world, then, then that, that you can't forget your audience in that, in that moment. Um, and, and you can't forget the art that you love. And There's you can, nothing that we hope to leave behind. It's just making it relevant to the moment. And you can see that when you go look at, say, 21CM, there's people there's artists that like, it's just so clear the work that you're doing and, and um, where, what the vision of the school is and what you're trying to achieve. And that the, the, at the very center of that sits the artist. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, it's, it's just, it's a really great, um, really great visual storytelling through all of the domains that you're doing through the newsletters and through the website. And uh, it's, it's really yeah. inspirational. Um, uh, I have a great team. I have a great team to be clear. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How, and how do you get the right people on the bus? That's a whole nother. Mm -hmm. I could do a whole nother uh, Netflix series about <laughs> mm -hmm. about creating an environment that attracts and attracts and retains the right kind of talent. Um, Marcus, just one. Um, Mark, one final question for you. You talked about the iterations that Twenty One CM have gone through, and about the the evaluation you did about the the teaching experience. So, what's the next innovation happening for Twenty One CM? That's a great question and one that I'm not qualified to answer. Um, I'm completing my fifth year here uh, as the founding director of the 21st Century Musician Initiative and uh, beginning July 1, and I'm very excited about this, I'll be taking on a new role as Associate Dean for uh, Academic and Faculty Affairs within the College of Arts and Media at the University of Colorado, Denver. And so it will be left to my su successor uh, to determine what's next um, for 21CM. But I think the good news here is that um, we built a lot of synergy on our campus. 
Um, there are a lot of faculty who are doing really beautiful, interesting, creative, innovative work with their students. Um, and um, and uh, the culture has changed dramatically over the past five years um, where, um, you know, DePauw is 21CM. It's no longer a logo or a slogan or a website, but rather it's an ethos. Um, and there's some really great kids at DePauw who are hungry for this and see value in it. And so, um, you know, it's, it's with a bit of heavy heart that I share that publicly for the first time, but, um, but I'm really incredibly excited about the next moment in my life. Um, and, uh, and I still have some, you know, I'll always be 21CM. Uh, 21CM is much more than I am, but I'll always be 21CM because it's a set of beliefs and a commitment to young people and uh, a desire to always find my own um, creative energies. And, and for me, I, I have projects always. I'm, I'm producing Awadajan Pratt's next uh, uh, album. We're commissioning Paula Pristini and Tyshawn Sori and Alvin Singleton and so many other, Jesse uh, Montgomery, my gosh. Um, and the album's for Awadajan as a soloist, but we're also recording with a far cry and Roomful T. So I'm really excited. I'll always have a 21CM life Mm -hmm. In my own creative activity, I can't quite stop that, but um, but uh, the opportunity to be part of a leadership team that wants to transform an entire college of creatives, film, television, visual art, music, uh, sound recording, engineering, and so much more. It's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty exciting. What a, what a gift for them, for you to come and apply all mm -hmm. you've learned. Uh, for mm. even for for uh, impact in a different way, in a greater way, and for whoever's going to follow in your footsteps at Twenty One CM, for them to look because five years ago, um, the world which we lived in was very different from now. So it's a, a chance for them in this really uh, precious moment in time to think about well, you know, the life that we were preparing them for uh, that that's different now. So mm. how are we going to reimagine and rethink what we're uh, how we're shepherding them through to get them through what life is going to look like five years. Yeah, from my, now, so. my only advice for them is don't follow in my footsteps. Yeah, you know, make just your to, own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make make your own. So <laughs> too many zigzags and <laughs> rerouting, and um, but but um, but the pause poised to do really terrific things, and I'll be I'll be watching with uh, excitement mm. and, and 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 always there to support anyone who's about change. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that's another wonderful thing. There is a very, as you mentioned, over the last five years, the number of people who are committed to helping navigate this moment, not just COVID-19, but, but the many challenges that are coming, um, uh, you know, the, the creative industries ways, mm. the number of people who are really thinking about this in interesting and profound ways is incredibly encouraging. Uh, I, I am lucky to serve uh, in, a, in a small way with the College Music Society, where there is a, an entire fleet of both um, named leaders, um, but also just the membership, a, a membership of thousands of people who are devoted to finding a better way forward, a more sustainable way forward, a more creative way forward. And so it's, there's a lot of excitement out there in the, in the world, and we'll wait and see what happens. Mark, thank you so much for the gift of your time today and all of your incredible insights. Um, I, I'll put all the links to all the stuff we've discussed in the show notes, but it's uh, thank you for the change that you bring 
and for the service that you bring and for the imagination and the energy um it's just a gift to anyone that has an opportunity to spend some time with you so thank you very much and we wish you all the best in denver can't wait to see what's going to happen there and um and best for what's coming in the change in the next couple of weeks for you yeah thank you so much this was a lot of fun thanks mark thanks so much for joining us for the progressatorium i hope you've enjoyed today's episode you can find links to anything we've mentioned in the show notes and if you've enjoyed the conversation and it's been valuable, then help us by please spreading the word and sharing this conversation.